We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise the continuing connections to lands, waters and communities. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be. And welcome to the Euro Trash Talk podcast, where me and my friends not only pick apart each of the songs of the Eurovision Song Contest, but we pick each other apart too. I am your host, Jade, and I am really, really, really excited that we are finally uh, releasing our first episode. It's been a long time coming. I've been thinking about this idea for a little while now, a little nervous to finally... I guess put my opinions out in the in the public eye, um, as disgusting as they are. But I, I like to think there's some critical thought behind uh, these two eyes here. So I'm really excited to introduce you to this lovely rotating cast of guests that we're going to have on the podcast. These are my nearest and dearest friends who I think are probably the the funniest people I've ever met. Um, so you're going to be hearing from myself, Jade, and you will also hear from my friends Aeon, Lockie, Holly, Zoe, Kaz, and Aiden. So each week we will be picking a few songs to sort of critique and, and talk about why we do or do not like them and sort of where they are in our current ranking as of uh, time of recording. And we are going to sort of review a couple of songs each episode before the big day, which is coming up very, very quickly. And then eventually, uh, once the contest is over and we've recovered from our Eurovision hangovers, we're going to go back and reconsider our opinions and see if anything's changed, get the same people back on to debate and discuss whether our critiques were worth it. Without further ado, we're going to launch into today's podcast and we are featuring reviews on Armenia, the Netherlands and Italy. Hello. 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 We've got our friends here in the studio today, which is very exciting. I am going to introduce everyone. I'm Jade, in case I'm, I probably recorded an intro for myself. So in case you forgot, that's who I am. Uh, I have Aeon here. Hi, Aeon. Hi, Jade. Thanks for having me on. Oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> having me on. Who do, you, who do you think I am? <laughs> I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> okay, we've got Aeon like, freaking out because she's got a microphone in front of yeah, her and she realises her opinions are on record. <laughs> I know, now somebody would actually hold them against me. I can't deny, deny, deny my yeah, usual tactic. That's it. Um, no, no, I'm very excited. This is going to be fun. Happy to be chatting with um, yeah. the, the two of you. Yeah, so, yeah. And speaking of, someone else uh, in the studio with me, very unfamiliar for myself, Lockie. Hello. Hi, what's up? Hey, Lockie. I'm, I'm here as well. Yeah. I feel a lot less freaked out about having a mic in front of my face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. What do you do? What, what do the two of you do outside of Eurovision? What's your life look like if you feel comfortable talking about it? God. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit boring. I practice law outside of, um, <laughs> outside of Eurovision. Okay. But I just need like 
Eurovision to balance it out. Otherwise, it's quite a quite a mundane, yeah. boring life. Yeah. So yeah, that's just me. Yeah. I practice law inside of Eurovision. <laughs> and how do you do that? Yeah. Are you you work for the hate? That was a lie. <laughs> Please explain. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I just work. I just work. I feel like I just work, and then I come home and I talk about this stupid contest. Yeah. Um, and then when when I'm not doing that, I play RuneScape. Cool. So a hard worker. I mean, you know, this is. I think the 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 concept for this show is just we're already doing this. We yeah. might as well put it in, on record so that we can like not um yeah not hide from our exactly. terrible takes. Exactly. Even despite the priv accounts. No. <laughs> what priv account? I don't know what you're uh, talking I about. Don't know. No, neither. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, time to put. An opinion to voice. To well, face. you and I were out last week and I sort of said that I've been desperate to, you know, start something like this as like an outlet to talk about it. Because we all have Twitter accounts, all of us, the three mm-hmm. of us, and all of our mates that will join us on the podcast as well. And something I realized really, really quickly is that like I was getting sick of having to be scared of my opinions. Does that make sense? Because I feel like there's like... A total vibe of like you have to be positive. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think um, especially because it's so subjective. Yes. It's a, music is so subjective and this yes. is a contest that seeks to make it like an objective ranking about yeah. who's the best. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to like turn around about my 37th and be like, it's still great. They represented their country to the upteenth degree. Like I'm not going to. Yeah, I think um, I do think that like. There's no point in saying nothing. And there seems to be a culture. And, like, this is fine. I understand it in a way. But there's a culture, I think, in this little community of ours that people are very concerned about ruining some kind of career that they are building within the Twitter world. And it's like, you're allowed to say mean things. If anything, the people who are, like, the most viewed people, I guess, even if you look at, like... yeah. The like wee wee blogs yeah. people and stuff are very vocal about. They're so honest, and that's you know that's good most of the time. Yeah, even I, if they're wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to you've got to have an opinion. You know yeah. what they say: yeah, you've got to stand. If you don't stand for something, yeah, what are you fool for? Nice. Oh wow, <laughs> uh, we're really getting I think Hamilton said that. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton said that. You're right. That's well, right. so. All right, we know what we're doing. Yes. So I want to know from the two of you how you got into Eurovision because I feel like everyone has different backgrounds about Eurovision and how like they started with the contest. So uh, we'll start with Aeon. How did you get into yeah. Eurovision? Um, I went on a family trip to the UK in about 2004 and I saw the ad for Eurovision. Saw it was Sakis Ruvas. I can't remember the song the song title, but it was the 2004 Greek entry yeah. and him wearing that cropped singlet top, just shaking his hips <laughs> like he was trying to make rent. And I was like, what the fuck is this show? Yeah. Um, promptly forgot about it when we came home and then came across Molitva in 2007 and was like, nah, this is, this is the real deal. Yeah. And I've been hooked on it ever since um yeah national finals tuning into those so they came a little bit down the track probably 2016 I remember I think it was 2016 I think it was Poland's 
Oh, their national final was there was a bit of a robbery there. <laughs> that was oh, I can't remember the name, the name of the song, but it was um oh, Color of Your Life. Color of Your um, Life one, which apparently was like shocking because it was like foreshadowing. Yeah, it was foreshadowing exactly right for what happened eventually. So maybe so the Polish good. people were on the something. The song is really good. I love Color of Your Life. Call Me Down by Margaret was the runaway favorite and was slated to win everything and then was pipped at the post. Huge. Yeah, so oh. that was that's my first memory of a national final robbery. But yeah, um, that's my little segue into Eurovision and national finals. Yeah, so you're kind of a, you're kind of an old head. A bit. I'm a geriatric. I'm yes. like I've, I'm a bit of a baby. Yeah. So I only really got into it in 2021. Yeah, and how was that? <laughs> because I've... you got me into it. Yeah, that's I was right. sort of thrust into the world. We, we uh, Jade and I are uh, partners. Yes. And we're in our beautiful home at the moment recording this. Yeah. Um, we met and I sort of we briefly talked about Eurovision and I was I was shy. Know, posing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Phoenix, love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so cringe. Love for Phoenix. Really it's really also cringe. like, I think that's probably the worst thing you could have said. <laughs> I know. I know. It's not like I pulled out, if I pulled out like a deep cut, that would have been cool. Like if I'd just been like, I love Euro and Euro. That would have been, at least that would have been funny. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you'd gotten a second date if you pulled out Euro and <laughs> Euro. That's actually true. I probably would have left you. That's fair. Before we even left began. Left you on red. Um, and then when we, yeah, when we got together, we just watched Eurovisions together. It's because it was starting like. It was right in the season. Because. We met in well, January, February of that year and then. And we'd had the year off of yeah. Eurovision. So. Like, I, I remember that I started getting into it. Like, my first foray into, like, the community, the Twitter community, was right after PIN 2021. <laughs> it's a great PIN. So, Disco It was a good PIN. It's a great PIN. Who did PIN, right? In yeah. T- t- yeah. Yeah. Disco Tech. Yeah. That was um, the song. And I was like, hey, this is good. This is a pretty good song. And I think I ended up having, like, 17th that year. I like Disco Tech, to be fair. That yeah. staging is incredible. 2021 was a really good year. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, I was, so I was lucky actually, cause I got yeah. right into it and I kind of was like, oh, I'm not going to listen to the songs before the contest. Wrong. Didn't end up that way. I listened <laughs> to it straight away. Um, and then it ended up being kind of maybe the best Eurovision maybe ever. Oh, it's yeah. your first, I suppose. Your first is yeah, always but pretty. Like, oh man, Rotterdam, <laughs> they, they did smash that. It yeah, was a good did. show. Um, sure so, and then since then that's all I've done. Yeah. We just listen to that shit. We so. sure do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. What yeah. about you, I, Jade? <laughs> thank you, Lachlan. Um, I had a bit of an interesting experience because I didn't know anyone that watched Eurovision. I didn't, like, my family, I, I'm from a regional town, and they obviously understand my love of uh, music and, and things like that, but they that's not their world. <laughs> it's not their jazz so it wasn't until I moved to Melbourne in 2016 and I was out, I was doing usual 18 year old uh, uni student things and going to a cheap Thursday night at the Hawker or something like that. So Friday morning I come home, it's like 4.30 and I just turned the TV on to go to sleep. I was like, I just put something on. And all of a sudden it cuts to 5am viewing of the semi-final two of uh, 2016 Eurovision, which is wild because Australia's in it, right? So Dami Yim is on screen. And I'm like amazed watching this contest, like, because it's like a huge spectacle of just like glorious uh, music. Beautiful music, beautiful costumes, and like incredible singers, and just like music that I, I 
couldn't even conceptualize. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, things yeah. that I've never heard before. Yeah. And I was fascinated. So much so that I even got up at 5am to watch the grand final on the Sunday, which is like... Were you plastered? No, I was sober. I was sober. <laughs> and I remember watching being like, this is so bizarre. And like not expecting, like just not having the understanding to conceptualize Ukraine winning. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like now I know that I'm like, it's incredible. But like at the time I couldn't even predict it. And so yeah. I had my own like little Eurovision world for about, I don't know, for a couple of years. And I didn't really talk to anyone about it. It was just me, Eurovision, and I followed Weebly blogs. Um, I was really religiously watching their live streams and 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 following along there until I decided I was actually going to go to the contest. And then I I joined you know fan clubs and um, joined Twitter. Yeah. And uh, Twitter led me to meet all of you guys. Yeah. Bit big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> it's it's amazing that you stayed a Eurovision fan. And your first experience <laughs> was semi-final two of 2016. Yeah. Uh, featured in that semi-final. I've got the receipts. Go on. Um, these are the NQs. Yeah. Calliope's Donna. Which robbed. I hate. No, robbed clean. <laughs> wasn't even close, by the way. Uh, Help You Fly by Ivan. A song that I actually love. Dogs on stage, man. No, and they're then, not on stage. And they're the nudity stage. as well. Also, it was, it and yet his icebreaker. I, uh, so uh, that song was very confusing because it's like yes, you're getting this build up, build up, and then the worst chorus of all time. Lowest chorus of all time. Like, genuinely. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that <laughs> you know. made it. But the good, uh, there was a lot of good in it. Yeah, Darmy was there. That Darmy. was a lot, and th- this was in the time of Julia and Sam as well. So they were still commentating, ah, yeah. and it was like yeah. really like they were very happy and you know just really involved in it. Yeah. So it was like a really good watch. And Australia's <laughs> second time at the concert. Yeah, so, and she came second, which was like a huge um, yeah, achievement. Yeah, for so sure, for sure. It was a good year to start. An, an achievement which we will never replicate. No, <laughs> ever again. No, that's uh, it. Although some brother. streets are saying that Sergey was robbed that year. I'm streets. Well, um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. So let's talk about what we're doing here. Like why mm. we're recording this podcast. Because I think, like I was talking to Aeon in a bar last week about how I wanted to do this because I feel like I needed an outlet to talk about Eurovision. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like we've been friends for a while now and this is all we talk about. <laughs> But I also think that... I promise we go deeper, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. We are deeper than... We're blood now. We've been through lockdown together. Yes. So. And I think that my friends are the most charismatic people um, I know. They're very funny. I've got a, I have a trained Luga on Jade right now. That's why she's comfortable <laughs> yeah, with me. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're the funniest people on earth. And it's really fun because the friends that you'll meet on this podcast, they are all from different backgrounds, have different experiences with Eurovision and we all just have very, very different opinions on every entry. So the plan is to every episode to go through a few entries leading up to the contest. We've got, as we record, eight weeks away, I think. Yep. It's eight Sundays. Yep. So we, I think it's three and a bit songs yep. per would Four get us five. there. Yeah. We might, we might do a few more loaded episodes so that we can, you know, have a predictions <laughs> video and stuff. Video. Yeah, what I mean. We're we gonna do a live video predictions too? podcast and stuff. <laughs> live video podcast recording. 
we're going to go through each song and share our opinions and share our shocking takes. And I guess uh, just a disclaimer to, to before we launch into things, we're not going to be too nice. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> what Lockie means to say is that we are, we do have strong opinions, but ultimately they're a reflection on the caliber of the song, the composition, the production. We don't expect any of it to ever be personal. And unless somebody's name is explicitly dropped or it, then you it's know, personal. Then it's personal. You'll know. It'll be very clear when it's a personal attack. It's not going to be a personal attack. No. Jimmy, Jimmy no. Joker Thornfelt, I'm coming for you. <laughs> no. no. Thomas Jesus. No, no. Yeah, because we know people get really kind of defensive and, you know, music is completely subjective and a contest like this tries to make the subjective objective by ranking them and yeah. having and crowning a winner out of a pool. But... Look, sometimes, you know, differing opinions are healthy and there's no malicious intent, I like to think. So, yeah, there'll be some strong opinions about whether a song is good, bad, awful or San Marino this year. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're an artist listening to this, first of all... Hi. Hey. (laughs) What's up? Secondly, who are we? Yeah, we're no one. Don't worry about it, man. You're going to Eurovision. Yeah, that's exactly right. You, you are know. the one on the world stage. We'll still cheer you on, maybe oh, from yeah. the bathroom. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, it, that's exactly right. I just kind of want the space to be able to actually critique something without, you know, being positive all the time because I'm sick of being, like, told that I have to say nice things about countries that I have ranked 37th. You know, yeah. like there's no point. I, I'm not going to lie about certain artists and uh, certain songs and the way that they're going about things. So sorry if we upset you, but also not sorry. Yeah. Don't take it personally if we don't like something that you love. Yeah. Especially if it's like your country's entry, you know, it's not a reflection on your nation. Yes. Uh, or even the music of your nation. Yes. It's It's just literally this one song in this one instance. I mean, for example... If we're getting into our first song, yeah. um, I I think that the pop music from Armenia is generally quite good. Oh, absolutely. Most of the time. Yeah. Yes. So we will move into However. About... <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk, we'll introduce it. So uh, we're going to be talking about Armenia first. This is our first ever song we're talking about uh, on this podcast. So we're going to be talking about Future Lover by Brunette and a little bit of background. The artist was announced in February. Originally leaked by, um, if you haven't heard, there was a little Twitter account going around called Crystal Ball ESE, who I think has done a wonderful public service for all Eurofans yeah. everywhere, globally. Love you, Crystal Ball. Yeah. Mm, I'm too homies. curious. I just have to know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It also saved us all getting up at five o'clock to That's see the true. Voyager drop, um, which yeah. is cool. Because like... It's, it's Australia allyship. That's yeah, what that exactly. Was. Yeah. Well, it's probably an Australian... No, there's no way. The, wait, okay. They always posted it at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. What, if you had to guess I, who in our community it was, because that's think the it was main a dele- I think it had to have been a delegation. That's Huge. my guess, who has access to... I actually agree with our mate Zoe, who they will be joining our podcast another time. But Zoe was saying that they think that 
they have the source code for the website. And so they were able to access all of the details early because they were able to open up the source code for the website and see it all. That's wild. So mm. I actually think that's really. I believe that. Are they just like going into the HTML code? Like, could we, anyone do that theoretically? If well, they just like, or are we, are we all just idiots? And this one person is like the first person to ever try. I don't reading know. Their... I think they just, they knew. They, had, they knew so much. They, they, yeah. It was just, yeah, the, the, the access that they had to me suggests either somebody of, you know, who can do that computer whiz hacker genius man. things, the hacker man, or somebody who actually is up there, either as part of the EBU or as part of a delegation. Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah, but I hope we never find out. I kind of liked the, the Gotham the mystery. vibe. Yeah. yeah. So what do we think of yeah. Future Lover by Brunette? The song itself, to be honest, it has all of the things that I really like about a song. It's super dramatic. And I think it's quite interesting as a piece of music. Like uh, there's a lot of like orchestral elements, which is I think something that gets left behind a little bit these days in favor of like our pop uh, girly sort of vibes. However, I feel like... It was totally ruined for me. When on second listen, I realized that the lyrics were utter garbage. Okay. <laughs> they are truly terrible. Controversial opinion. Lyrics don't matter in Eurovision. I you know, agree. I, I actually agree with you. Thank generally you. Speaking, Thank you. Speaking. I do not care if you're singing in English, if you're singing in Gaelic, if you're singing in Czech, or you just made up your own language. Yeah. Shout out Belgium 2003. Good reference. It good does reference. not matter. I think if musically it bangs, you could literally be burping on the mic and I'd be like, it's a good song. Surf. Is, so, that where, is that where you land though with this song? Do you think it bangs? I think it's a good song. I have it mid-range because mid-range. it's not – I think it's a bit more competitive. But from all the vitriol that I've been reading, you would <laughs> think, you know, English isn't her first language, presumably. I mean, okay, were there, was it lazy songwriting? Yes, yeah, so lazy. Well, in fact, I think it was just ripped. <laughs> and it was. So ripped directly is, from Tumblr. This is the twist. I had it also quite mid-range. I think I had it in the high 20s, which for this year, because I actually think this year is really good. <laughs> like one Which of, is apparently a controversial opinion. One of six people on the planet that like 2023 <laughs> thus far. I had it quite quite low, I would say, in my ranking. And then we got some funny news <laughs> through yes. Twitter that the lyrics to this song are <laughs> word for word ripped from, a, from three different Tumblr or Pinterest posts. Those text posts that are like a picture of a, a stock photo of a couple, you know, laughing with each other. And then it says something well, like... Well, let me read it. Let me read the first verse. I just want to make art, read books, and just find someone who likes me enough to kiss my face. I want to explore with him and visit old bookstores and cute little things like drink smoothies at near cafes. Funny story there, near cafes is actually... <laughs> A typo. You're kidding. It's supposed, the original post that she stole the lyrics from says, neat cafes. <laughs> okay, that's slightly unforgivable. Which is pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> because the thing is, bad. once you know that, get back in the studio and fix it. <laughs> now, that being said, I felt quite lucky when I found this out. Because I already didn't really care for the song. Right. So, I didn't feel bad dropping it. 
a few places after that. I think I went, I, if I had to, you know, force myself to remember, I think it was like 27th to something like 34th. Because oh, I don't care about lyrics. I, as again, one of six people on the planet that likes San Marino's entry this year. Oh, wow. I don't think lyrics matter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it's going to be my Conan Osiris. <laughs> uh, my Televonish era, but it's for Pink Jacks. Yeah. Which is tough. Um, I don't think lyrics matter either. I agree. Especially in Eurovision. It's like most of them are not are writing in their second language or third that, language. That's right. And look, if they really did matter, all the songs would be in English. You wouldn't be able to connect with, you know, yeah. Salvador in 2017. Yeah. It could have been Portuguese nonsense for all we knew. But that's why I think a lot of stock is put onto song, you know, songwriting, lyrics. Yeah. But really, I don't think it matters as much as people think it does. But some people, like, I'm not advocating for this because I'm the same. I, it's music for me. Music first always. Mm. <laughs> I think people are looking to the lyrics because they want to connect with it that way. Like, people are more, like, connecting to an idea rather than just, like, connecting to the music. Mm. I... I don't fuck with that, but uh, it does work for some people. Like sometimes it's the lyrics that move people in the end. And it's like, you could have a garbage song, but like the most beautiful lyrical content ever. And people are like, Oh my heart. You know, I don't have the thing is, I don't have a problem with bad lyrics. Most of the time you believe what they're, what someone's saying. If they're, you know, just reading bad lyrics of a page, you're like, not to name drop, but Ronella's song last year, right, in 2022, had bad lyrics. But you could tell that she wanted to fuck, you know, <laughs> right? It was it, believable. It, yeah, she believed it. Something about, <laughs> something about Brunette reading lyrics off a Tumblr text post makes me believe her less when she says what she says in the song. Yeah. I don't think she wants to find someone that she can make art with who will give them forehead kisses. And we'll have smoothies at in near, near cafes. cafes or far cafes. <laughs> near c- no, no far cafes. No far cafes. Near, near cafes, cafes only. only. She actually has an ankle monitor. She's on, <laughs> she has to stay within a <laughs> twenty-kilometer right. radius. That's why of they house. never changed it because it's a crime. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's true. Armenia, I feel like they have great production value. Like their their history is just like full of. Do you think? At for Eurovision generally, or is it more a junior Eurovision specialty that they really kind of pop off? They are really good. Yeah. I like most, like, if I look back at the last five years of Armenia, I only don't like Surabak. Actually, I was going to reference Surabak. Which is a bit of a mess, like a bit of a mess that Because one. they... Woking out. out. But, but like, even in the lead up to the contest, like, they always have a really sharp music video. Yeah. Right? Yes. They always have a really great release as well that's well received. It's just that it's a, when it comes to the contest, I feel like it depends on what country is hosting. Like, it really just depends on whether they can save it or not because they're not big on sets. Like, yeah. they don't do a big giant set to, you know. Which is funny because it's something that Azerbaijan does all the time is they always have something huge, some big set. Like, That's true. If we're comparing, like, you know, past songs like um, X My Heart versus Cross Kami Hunter? in 2018, yeah. 
um, she had that, that like a really big set, which was doing nothing. Yeah. Whereas Kami is quite, is like a really simple staging. Like he's got sort of a circle of stones and a bunch of smoke. Yeah. So in 2016, where we had Miracle, yeah. right, and we had dancers on stage and, you know, the wind machine going for her. And then Love uh, Armenia, Love Wave, it was just her on stage, but like the most incredible production, it didn't matter that she was by herself. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. like, I guess for the sure. point about Armenia is that they like do simple quite well. Yes. But yes. like similar to like Panic Records in Cyprus, the like the pop release of the song is always done really well and sponsored and sponsored by head and shoulders <laughs> head and shoulders <laughs> <laughs> no but like it's it's always a good release because they'll have like a flash video like you said yeah. and like a good thing i just don't know how they're going to put this on stage i have faith in the armenian delegation i think this song Listening to it first, it's very crisp. You're right. The production is top notch. You can hear that a lot of effort's been put into it. If you ignore the lyrics. If you ignore the lyrics, which I mean, let's be real. I think most, especially in the semi-final, most televoters will. Yes. I think you have <laughs> yeah. you, juries look into lyrics and composition. That's not the role, at least in the first semi-final. Yeah. And I think if it doesn't really need much, I think the song because it's got such a strong production background, as long as she nails those vocals, mm. I could really see it do quite well with televoters and then kind of the other shoe will drop yeah. if she gets to the grand final when the lyrics are really assessed. Realistically, I think for her and for Armenia, getting to the grand final is a good goal. I think like every every country has different levels of expectation. If you're Sweden, you want to win every year. Yeah. But if you're, you know, a country like Armenia or even Australia, realistically, you're aiming to qualify and yeah. get your eyes, get eyes on you. So I think that's probably valid. I, I think she definitely goes through. Yeah. I think I had Armenia going through before we, the song even came out, just on the back of it being one of the only female artists of the yeah, year. Yeah, that's, well, I feel like our female artist has grown significantly since all of the internals have come out though. Because it was looking pretty, yeah. Uh, is I'm getting men vibe from 2023. A little bit yes. men band. But then we got sausage party. The last Sunday, well, the last Super Saturday, I guess. When we had Lorene and Mimi Cat, yes, joined. Yeah, but we're getting we're anyway, getting um into other songs. So Armenia, Armenia. going yes. through probably pretty. I don't like it at all. To be honest. What but would you rate it out of 10? It's like a, it's like a three. It's okay. got that. It's got, it's a really well produced pop song, but it's not that interesting. Okay. And it's got like the, maybe the worst lyrics of the year. So I give it a three. Lockie's giving it a three. What about you? Amy? Aeon. Look, it's a, it's a good song. I enjoy the music video is great. I probably give it at about a six at Oof. the moment. No, but I reckon, I think it's going to rise okay. when I see it live. And fingers it, crossed. It, it, <laughs> fingers crossed. But her qualifying, I think, is not non-negotiable. I think she's going to sail through. I'd be very, sure. very shocked if she didn't get through, especially in semi-final two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Certainly. Certainly. Oh, is it semi-final Certainly. two? It's semi-final two, yeah. A, I think a recurring theme of the podcast is going to be... 
semi-finals who is looking a little bit <laughs> dire. Yes. Um, I love it. It's the campus of the two. You're right. It's actually going to be the most interesting it's the one. the most fun. It's honestly just we're rolling out the red carpet for Australia to win the semi. Okay. That's bold. This is not... Uh, <laughs> This isn't the Australia episode. I, uh... Anyway, we'll get there. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Um, what about you? What do yes. You what about me? I think I'm giving it a four. What? Out of ten? Yeah. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave, gave it a, it a three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's like a credit score. A four is a fail. Yeah. yeah it is a fail. Only Woof. because, listen, I... Armenia, I said... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Armenia. It's not going to happen for you. I I think you'll be a qualifier if you deliver a great stage performance, but I'm seeing a, a bottom six result mm-hmm. in the grand final if you make it. But I'm hoping that you pull out a huge surprise and, and hand me the L card and, you know, shock me. But at this point, with the lyrics being so horrible, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. It's a four for me. So. Brilliant. Well, that's Armenia. That is Armenia. Next, we're going to be talking about The Netherlands, which is their song Burning Daylight by Mia Nikolai and Dion Cooper. Written by? Duncan Lawrence. Duncan that's right. Lawrence. Good pull. So they've really come off the back of winning the contest in 2019, hosting a great Eurovision in 2021. Obviously made it to the grand final last year as well with Dia Dite. Yeah. And now return with this, which is exciting that it's written by Duncan Lawrence. Kind of. I don't know. I don't consider him a particularly exciting songwriter, but this song okay. is is good. I initially was really cold on it. It, it does feel pretty Jesus-y. Mm. Does that, is that reasonable? It feels kind of religious. It's ironic you say that because the second stanza sa- starts with, I don't believe, I don't believe in God anymore. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. Um, anymore. The anymore, anymore is doing a lot of work there for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. For some reason, after a few listens and like, I think it's just that kind of euphoric ending does it for me that just that big yelling kind of like goodbye old life i'm not giving it the drama it deserves that really is a, <laughs> that's a very positive version yeah. of the ending there but I, I, I don't know why it's just clicked for me i i really like this song i can see it sneaking quite high okay. in the grand final so we have a a, a liker oh. okay and that's Aeon. A, that's a brave opinion to be talking about <laughs> where they've Finishing in the grand final. I don't even think they'll make it out of this. Oh, okay. So we've got a, a non-believer. I don't look. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the song. I think it's well written. It's well produced. Objectively, it's a very, you know, good song. I just think the Netherlands have missed the mark this year. Why? Because they've put out a what's clearly, very clearly, a jury-friendly song. Oh yeah. Absolutely. In a semi, in semis that no longer have jury voting and it's like where was the what was the rationale behind this if you want to have a jury friendly song really resonate with televoters like arcade this isn't this is no arcade this is a very chill very kind of almost um snobby song i I, i'm comfortable saying i think it's a very 
snobby song that only people who think they've got amazing, you know, taste in music would really resonate with. Maybe I'm projecting. Perhaps I'm projecting. But imagine being in the office after you've worked so hard. You've announced your artist, right? And you're working with Duncan Lawrence and these two artists together. And then you're like, oh, yep, jury winner confirmed. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's announced. No fucking juries. (laughs) Work hard because... I don't know if well, you're going to, you know. I think, I think, yes, that sucks. If that was a scenario, yes, I can see it sucking. But Duncan Lawrence has first-hand experience of being both very, you know, very palatable to both the juries and the televote. And I was, I'm was, i surprised they didn't really try and create a moment in this. Maybe the ending where they say, you know, goodbye, old life is that moment. It's not. It's a very sad moment to end on. The thing about the ending is I actually think that's what has sold me on the song. By the way, like the song. Thanks for asking, guys. <laughs> uh, I think that the ending there, like, it's beautiful and it's, like, euphoric almost because it's, like, a giving up of bad vibes and, and you know, releasing that energy. Like, I think that's really cool. But with the rules about backing vocalists and, like, recording backing vocalists to be played in playback, if you don't know, they can pre-record backing vocals, and it, it used to be the rule that any vocals had to be live sung, um, but now it's just the lead vocal. I think they're going to rely on it heavily. I think that they're going to sing, but what I've found is happening since they've introduced that rule is that, like, the vocal when you're singing as a, a live vocalist, if you are even just a f- touch off, mm. it is so obvious. So I really hope that the Netherlands at least have some backing singers mm. that are singing with them uh, following the six-person rule because, like, they need voices. They, they need should, voices to make it work. They should get Duncan out. Oh, that's God. too much of a gimmick. I'm no, sorry. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like it. I would just think it was really funny because I actually think he's a little bit – he's a bit naff. I, like, Arcade is not my favourite song ever. I didn't want him to win. Arcade is a well, great song. It absolutely... <laughs> Let me guess, you're the ones getting the um, the sped up or slowed down versions on TikTok of um, Arcade playing behind <laughs> someone crying. Million streams on this couch right I, now. Had, <laughs> I had my Arcade phase when it came out in 2019 and uh, yes. I think what I envision is the like big final euphoric moment, as you said, euphoric, being just a lot of, like, big yellow lights pointing at the audience and, like... You're right. Out, just putting it out. I, I think, surprisingly, the Netherlands, their chill songs often resonate with televoters a lot more than they should. Certainly Arcade is a good example. Like, Calm After the Storm is another really good example. That song is a lot better than Burning yes, Daylight. Yes, I can see... I can see your point. I just can't imagine anybody going out of their way to vote for it. The lack of the televoters was often, you know, supplanted by having the jury numbers. So you knew you were going to get like a 60-40 jury split, 70-30. Yeah, I can't see this song getting the appeal for somebody to be like, out of the, you know, 18 songs I've heard in this semi, this kind of chill, kumbaya-ish <laughs> vibe is the one I'm going to go out of my way to vote for. There's no, it's just, it's boring. Yeah. And wrong for this semi. It'll be interesting to see if they 
chuck it in a death slot because like so much of this year is so high energy and like mm. big loud bands and well, stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be a toilet break song. Unfortunately, I don't mean to insult them, but they'll chuck it between two bangers in. I think they're in SF semi final one. Yeah. And then what happens, you know? Yeah, then what happens? I do want to also <laughs> take this time to point out, so last year, Did Deep Dare, it came second in the semifinal, yeah. which actually surprised me. Shit. And the semifinal was full of ballads that came through because we've got Snap. Well, I don't know if that's a ballad. Rap. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm stuttering because it's one of the greatest songs of all time. It's certainly, it's certainly the most streamed Eurovision song ever. I did say, I did say, I will have it on record now. I did say when the song came out, even that dodgy demo with the key change, I said this song was going to do numbers. I said it's going to do numbers. It was that was, do well. oh my God. That you hurt is me. so funny that you brought that up. I forgot. I said it was going to do okay, numbers. But and it did. It has done it has numbers. It made me so angry. I'm going to move on and ignore everything you just said. Lithuania, wow. Sentimente, Sudare Sudare went through, Die Together went through, the Icelandic song went through. Like that semi like pulled all of those. And she came second. She came second in the semi. But in the televote, she came seventh. That's, that's a, what I that's mean. That's quite high though. No, but no, no, it is high because it's a quality song. And I think it's helped that it's in Dutch. I didn't yeah, understand maybe. a single thing she said. Yeah. So here's the question. If we're singing in English and we've got a... Uh, sort of similar vibe, probably not as dramatic, similar vibe. Is it going to do as well or is it going to do worse now that it's in English? I think if you put Calm After the Storm in semi one this year, it would still go through. But Calm After the Storm is a brilliant song. It's better. (laughs) It's much better. It is better. But but people didn't like it before. Yeah, that's Wheelie Vlogs didn't like her. When I found that out, that people didn't like Calm After the Storm, I was baffled. I it's 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 a beautifully crafted song, and they have chemistry. Yeah, Yeah. and you can feel the tension, and that works. We're gonna have to see how they play it on stage. Yeah, whatever tension or chemistry they may have, I'm not gonna buy it. So, is it qualifying? No. My prediction is. No. Yes, my heart says no, but I I think it will. I think it might be the breath of fresh air that yeah. the semi needs. It's stacked. The semi's stacked. Yeah. So I think it's going to be very, very borderline. I but think that we'll get to Sweden, of course, but I do think Sweden eats a lot of votes in that semi. A lot. So it'll probably be a bit of a race to second, unfortunately. Is, yeah. Wait, is Finland also in that semi? Yes. Yeah, so... I, I'm looking at the semi-final. Yeah. Oh, my God, you pay for my European scoreboard. It's <laughs> so cool, man. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't realise there were only 15 songs in the... Yeah. In the it's semi. Short, yeah, it's only five people missing yes. out. I think there's 37 songs total, which, which is small. Which makes me kind of reevaluate oh. how strong I was in... So I still no. think it's more likely than not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't qualify mm-hmm. because I think it would come up between them and Switzerland. I think Water Gun, Burning Daylight. Oh, I think that's where, like, yeah, that's shit. where the votes split. Okay, and they might shoot each other, shoot themselves in the foot. They might. I do. I think with this a water is like gun. Water, with a water gun, of course. <laughs> I think that having a woman on stage is mm. the difference maker in that situation. Eurovision viewers love women. I wonder why that is. 
<laughs> well, it's ironic. <laughs> it, it is a little bit ironic. Don't you think? <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I think I think it's going to I agree with Aeon. I think it's going to be borderline. I have a feeling if there was going to be five NQs and only five, it's not going to be in the five. Yeah. No. I think that it's, it's probably going to be a very, very close margin. Yeah. Very, very close queue. Um, I can't believe that semi ended up with Sweden and Finland this year. Yeah. We'll get to that down the track. And Norway. And Norway. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. So here's my question. What are we rating it out of 10? It's climbing every day for me. Surprisingly, I, I connect to it more. I'm going to go with a light eight. Woo. I think it's good. I've got it in my top Ooh. 10, which is wild. I mean, I've got it in my top 10. I don't have it in my top 10. I have it 14. Oh, <laughs> just went to my light ranking, but a liar. <laughs> no, it's, but that just speaks to how much I like this year. My spice says the boy's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's in my top 10 too, but it's like my 10th. Like it's very, very close. And I only see it going down for me. I think it's probably a 7.5 at this point. That's Which valid. is, yeah. That's, that's probably where it ends up for me in the, after a, a little while. Yeah. I think my ranking doesn't really match the rating of the song yeah. for me. I would say I've got it in my mid-20s or like early early 20s, only because it doesn't strike anything in me. Mm. But object, you know, objectively speaking, I think the song's well written. Yeah. Personally, I'd put it at a six, six and a half. Okay. Yeah. I think... Generally, though, if I'm being a bit generous, I think seven's a good place for it. But I think it's a, it's a wrong year for this kind of song, especially yes. from the it's Netherlands. A- and But, yeah, I guess we'll see where it ends up. I know we haven't talked about any of these songs yet, mm. but I want to ask the two of you, do you feel like this is the TikTok year? The thing that's happened is this year is the reaction to uh, Zidia Borny oh. that I thought we were going to get last year. But then because it was, I guess because it was in Italy last year, the the vibe was supposed to be classier, maybe. Mm. But this oh. year, it's, it's Did you all... you see the skits that they oh, had? Oh, no, that, not the production. My name the... is Chiki. Oh, what about the, the green screen morph suit? <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I've seen things. Yes. We're not talking about Rise production of 2022 Eurovision <laughs> yet. We'll do a whole episode <laughs> dedicated to that. Oh. But definitely down the line, we'll have to... We'll have it to down. discuss yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But no, just musically, it, all the songs were like kind of classy, thoughtful songs, mostly a couple of stupid ones. Yep. This year it's like all bands, all loud, all silly. So I, yeah, I don't know. This year, I don't know about TikTok so much, but like definitely a few songs have that vibe. So the reason I, I brought it up is because a lot of the songs... I, I've I've not seen anything like this in my life. A lot of the songs are well under three minutes. There's two minutes twenty, two minutes forty. Mm. That's usually the songs use the entire three minutes to tell their story. But I'm seeing a lot of like catchy choruses that can be used. You know, oh, you know? like in the case of Israel having three different hooks, <laughs> hoping that one of them catches. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert: none of them catch. <laughs> Surely one of Except, them. Well, <laughs> Austria. As a as a really good example of what does catch. What actually does catch. Yeah. I think when you say TikTok here, I think you certainly can see the the cogs turning in the producer's head about having, you know, a, a hook or a line or a funny quote in a song. Yeah. But I think ultimately it has to be organic. Like Snap was an organic 
like viral hit. It well, didn't win not you. so organic. They had to speed that shit up and mm. um, yes, but that not is. COVID. But they yeah. they yeah. did that after it was done That's by true. TikTok users, and they That's capitalized true. on it. But the actual song itself, there was nothing about it that screamed. This was made for TikTok. Yes, I think for, like, for some of the stuff we see this year, you listen to it and you're like, in a, a way, TikTok like TikTok's been pretty be- like generally. I think most people would agree TikTok's been a bit of a disaster for the music industry writ large. Yeah, because it's just the way that songs are produced now. Is oh, bad. I don't mind them. Like they're good songs, yeah, a lot of good songs, but it just means like the 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 goes like, for seven m- seconds. I like yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> Easy That's to remember. So... All but of the us ethic, with undiagnosed like, ADHD. The, yeah, it's just like <laughs> the ethics of it has changed a lot, and that's like you know everyone's gonna have their own opinion about that. But what it's done for the contest, arguably, has been good. Everyone's got kind of getting back to basics on writing, really strong, solid hooks that anyone can sing, putting them out, and then like promoting the shit out of it. Which is what in what this contest needs is like very promotion. very big promotion yeah, and yeah. like going overboard like with the UK moments. is an example and we'll, we'll we'll get to that in more detail but mm. the the UK getting in getting amongst it having the song you know on TikTok the, the yeah. little snippet you can hear that and think okay this can go this looks like it might actually go viral on TikTok but that's not a bad thing no. especially for those like the institutional countries that are there who are always moaning about, you know, being nobody likes them, you know, in the case of the UK. It's like, no, this song sounds like it'll go viral. I expect it will go viral. And then what happens then? I think something that is also really interesting that has happened. One, TikTok now sponsors the contest. Yeah. Right? So that's number one. Two, Eurovision as a whole, its social media presence has just changed gears. Yeah. Like completely flipped. We've got like people managing the Twitter account who are like interacting with people and like trying to like, you know, like I saw them quote tweet May and uh, Noah because they wanted to have dinner together and they were like, oh, we've seen your uh, music videos and we know what happens when you're at dinner. So we've got things like that. And then they've got, you know, Instagram reels that they're posting, like doing previews of semifinals. They've got TikToks. They've got, oh, they've just done a um, make your own uh, Eurovision filter competition that they just announced. On for TikTok, and if you make a good one, they'll give you tickets to the contest. Oh, so it's all very Probably the only way to get tickets to the contest. <laughs> yeah. This year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ticketmaster. I think um, well, we knew that there was a t- uh, change in the team that they, they oh. hired a whole new media team, and like the impact was immediate. Although controversially, they have tried, I think, to take over the fan media side of things a bit. Yeah, um, and as a result. Uh, creating some divisive moments for a few of the more prestige blogs out there, but yeah, still, prestige yeah. blogs is a bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> but yeah, I do. I think you're right. Like the the content that they're putting out is is better, yeah, and more of it, which is good. So it's interesting. Already a bit of an interesting year, like even a couple of years, just in terms of like the behind the scenes stuff of the contest. Yeah. You know, it's, I think we're parting the kimono more and more every year. What a that interesting is a, phrase that you used. Love, yeah, lovely imagery there. Thanks. <laughs> Vivid. Yes. yes. Incredible. We're going to talk now about our Italian entry. And so this is our first AQ that we're talking about. Um, so we're going to talk about 
Marco Mangoni's return to the Eurovision Song Contest with Duavite. First of all, I want to ask Aeon, particularly because I know that she was around during this time of the contest. Reminding me I'm a geriatric again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are old. What did you think of Licenziale? Yeah, look, 2013 is actually one of my favourite years. My favourite song of all time was the 2013 winner, Only Teardrop. So I've got a special place Mm -hmm. for 2013. I I enjoyed Licenziale. I thought it was good. It's just, you know... the Italian blueprint, though, you know, good-looking man with a moustache in a blue suit singing a relatively good song. I couldn't fault it. It was, it was good. Would I go out of my way for it? No. But if it was playing, would I skip it? Probably not either. But he's got a vocal on him. Like, sure I does. cannot deny that. He he's sure a, does. He's a powerhouse. So, Licenciale is, like, pretty quintessential Eurovision ballad shit. It really is just, like... A pretty great, beautiful song, sung straight up and down, and then it's done. Four years after that, that exact thing won Eurovision by the greatest margin ever, you know? Except in a different language, (laughs) obviously Portuguese. So, like, Licenciale is good. It actually feels a little blasphemous talking about this without another of our friends, Holly, who is, like, Marco Mangoni's greatest K-pop stan Number but, one stand. Uh, but I, as a on a retrospective note, love Licenciale, and was I was really excited for Marco to drop whatever fat ballad he was going to drop this year. But why don't we get your opinion first on Licenciale? No. Well, I mean, yeah. What do you think of Licenciale? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Garbage fire. Whoa. <laughs> That's wild. Whoa, that is actually, I know we said no wrong opinions, but that is it's like genuinely in- wrong. Increasingly mid. I have never been more bored in my life. Wow. It's, wow. yeah. You think you know someone. I know. I feel betrayed. Yeah. Well, I, I just know is... that I'm going to get eaten alive if I ever travel to Italy. But As you should. Okay. Uh, It seems like our opinions of Licenciale might be reflective of our opinions of Dua Vitae. I would agree. Okay. And why would you agree, Jay? Yeah, why don't you tell us what you think of Dua Vitae? Dua, okay. Here's my problem. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Italy, I think. It's fair to say. We remember Firamore. I was going to say, so historically, Firamore was selected. I campaigned pretty heavily against it. I think it's fair to say. Then came around very, very last minute uh, to how beautiful the song is. Dua Vite is boring, though. I just think that there's nothing interesting about it. It is just, it's what I expect from Italy. That's the problem. It doesn't have a special moment for me. It's like just another song, right? So it's just another radio song. And I think... That I didn't listen. The other thing is that I'm talking out my ass here because I didn't watch San Remo. So mm. I don't know if there was a better option. Nobody watches San Remo. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's another bold claim there. Yeah, that's another bold claim. People, talk, no, people say they watched it and they tweet it, but they live tweet it. But I'm convinced everyone's just like watching Netflix and lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting you say that that's what we expect from Italy. Is it a problem if it's good? Though, because I'll be honest with you, I'm an Italy 
yeah. apologist Me too. most times. I can't think of a song from Italy that I don't love. Maybe yeah. this is controversial. I think my least favorite Italian entry in the last 10 years is Non mi avete fatto niente. That is pretty, that's a pretty bold, but that was a very divisive song as I well hate, at the I, time. It just yes. musically doesn't do it for me. I quite like the idea of it, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I think it was a divisive point. I think a lot of people took aim with, um, not Ermel, the other one. Um, oh, his name is Fabrizio Moro. Yes, yes. Fabrizio's very over the top shouty performance, <laughs> which I, I thought I didn't mind it. I was I was partial to it. Um, but I think with this one, look, it's 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 great. I can't fault it again. I didn't watch San Remo. Live, but I did catch up with all the songs. My only issue with Italy is the stuff that happens behind the scenes, namely San Remo, that they have an opportunity to go for a more diverse pick, a better, you know, another, a new artist, something fresh, something different. And I feel like they just, they're just afraid of taking that risk. And so when a big name like Marco Mangoni announces that he's going to be participating in San Remo, you can you don't even have to watch the show to know that he'll win, even if it's a good song. And I think sometimes I think Italy's just afraid of taking risks. And you know, why would you, I suppose, if you keep doing well with the ones that you I yeah, I just with. think that they're gonna suffer. I you know, it was such a revolutionary, I would say, revolutionary moment when they picked Monoskin. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. won. That like, it paid unexpected. off. Yeah. And then last year, like, they did the safe thing by picking Mahmood because everyone yeah. knows that they like Mahmood from 2019. Yeah. But didn't it, it pay didn't, off? It did pay off. They yeah. came seventh or ninth, right? They, they finished top 10. They, did they? I, the thing, yeah. Fuck. The, the problem that. with Italy that I think, like, that's so true. Like, they do go with safe choices, but the problem is that they ha- they will come at it with, if it ain't broke, why fix why it? Why fix it? Because yeah. every year they have unbelievable success. And the crazy thing is, as well, because they are an automatic qualifier, right? Yeah. It's never a trial by fire for them. They have a solid place. Yeah. They get to, like, I mean, they put money into it, so it makes sense. They deserve to be there. But it means that they don't try anything new because they're not at risk of, you know, being of not, not being in the grand final. And it's I think that's something that is happening a lot with the AQs, actually, like giving up. Like I would say that Germany is probably the same. Mm. Safely in the contest, yeah. not trying. Mm. That's true. I, but then I think but Italy still managed to finish top ten, if not at least on the Left-hand side of the yeah. board. And they do it better than they're, Germany. They're exactly. But it's like... Everybody in the contest does it better than Germany. <laughs> but, that um, is true. Look, we, we have to talk about the song. Oh, yes, <laughs> we yes. have just not talking about yeah. it. Okay. Aeon, why do you like this song? I, I feel like there's some movement. Like, I feel like the build-up from when the chorus starts... I'm not going to sing in Italian, but... You get to the, the, I think it's just before the chorus, it's building, and then it gets to his, I suppose, the chorus, and he really lets go, and it's it feels and it sounds freeing to me, and I feel, ah. Oh. It's, it's that thing where he, like, the the end of the pre-chorus is, like, nothing, goes to nothing. Yes. So, like, da-da-da-da-ordine. And then it's like this this climbing melody that yes. le- leaps into it. That sequestanone, whatever it is, is like it really like feels right. And then look, I 
finally, like I know we spoke, we've spoken ill of lyrics on this podcast and fair enough. They're, they're not that important. But sometimes when you have a really good song in another language and then you pair it with the meaning behind it, it can really like create, like create a spark. I think I had this in the high teens and then I went and listened and read along to the lyrics as I went. And I was like, I finally got that like chills moment of like, that you know that chills yeah. moment that you have to have in a Eurovision song. That I was like, oh yeah. So oh. what's it about then? If you've if you've read the English lyrics, lyrics tell it's, it's like about the entwinement of two lives, you know, kind of becoming one, and then like also I think it's like you know, it's got this kind of a pleading tone of like when someone that you are entwined with is trying is, wants to leave you, and you're like. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. I believe in you. It's giving toxic. But it is a little bit, but I don't know why. It's just it. it Italians do toxic. They do it very well, actually. Really, well, yeah. really, really well. If that's the case, are you saying that it's basically the same concept as Fire Amore? Yeah. Yeah. It's an oh, Italian ballad. No, 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 but no, like the lyrics. Like, is it? You got a problem with that? Fire Amore top would have won. three Eurovision songs of all time. But that's where I yeah. have a problem because I don't like to Vite, but I love Fire Amore. Well, you didn't like Fire Amore when it came out. I'm telling you, two weeks, two weeks listen, beforehand. Listen, <laughs> I just don't think that there's anything special about it that's going to make me like it. Like, what are they going to possibly do for the staging? For Nothing. That? You know what they'll, exactly what they'll do. And I'll be bored and I will be in the toilet. I... Huh? <laughs> in the toilet. I like it. I don't, I actually, I, it's hard to quantify what I like about it. Maybe I'm just. That's because it's nothing. There's nothing there. No, it transcends words, Jade. <laughs> yeah. That's why lyrics don't matter. No, I just, yeah, it's nothing to me. I, yeah, I think it's I, dynamic. I like the movement. I feel like there's movement in the song. Definitely agree with that. I just, I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to disagree with you. There's nothing in particular that I, that I can point out and go, how good is that thing? There's yeah. a bit where he goes like, where he like riffs on the chorus, mm. you know, that whole thing where I'm like, yeah, Marco, get it. That's like the best part. Boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> but in spite of that, in spite of having nothing positive to counter you with, I just really like it. Yeah. And it's hard to put a finger on why. And you know what? The juries are going to come back with a vengeance knowing that they've been dumped from the semis. <laughs> this is going to sweep it. Are you s- I, I'm, if I, look, if I could well, afford, afford a house in this economy of ours, I'd put the house on it. Like I'm jury voting for Italy. <laughs> no, it, it's a sweep. I can't, because you've seen him perform it live. You, he's got that charisma as well with the crowd. He can hold a camera angle. Mm. He's not going to miss a single note. The song is quite great. I, quite I, great. It's jet, I don't even know why. I'm saying all of this and it just dropped out of my top ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so I, I'm, I'm, I'm being. <laughs> that's okay. I'm, that's I'm, all right. My influence. Yeah. Put it in your bottom ten. Put it in your bottom. It's funny. I think that this song is a really good representation of what Italy does in Eurovision. Not like. Which is. Which is boring garbage. <laughs> But the boring like, ballads all done good. excellently, yeah. Every but time. But this, I swear, if you swapped Licenziale with Duavite, no one would blink an eye. Yeah. Like, it's the same garbage. Really good song. But the difference <laughs> is that music has evolved in the 10 years since he's been here. And, like, to be honest, if he did Licenziale today, 
I'm he'd still come top un- 10. Unmoved. He no, he no, he's, absolutely. He's going to come ninth at this year's Absolutely. Conference. I I think what? the other thing that I think we always forget about is like how suddenly things can change. Because there's a date, obviously, if you don't know a lot about the contest, there is a date where like you have to have the song in, you pretty much have to have the staging planned and everything. That's done. Which has passed already. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Because in 2021, remember Blas Canto? <laughs> when oh, we that... were all like, firstly, righteously panned, Blas Canto, that song sucks. But nobody knew that he was going to do the first verse a cappella oh, yeah. until yes. he did it on the night. And then Italy copied him the next year. Yeah. And it was bad and it's a bad idea and I don't like it. But the point is more to say things can just happen mm. w- within the week of Eurovision to the songs and that kind of freaks me out a bit. <laughs> I don't see Italy doing anything innovative with this staging. That's going to be a man standing on stage with some lights. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to work. It's going to come. It's going to <laughs> it's come. Gonna out. Work. It's going to work. It doesn't go- matter. Like even if it doesn't, it's because you know what it is. If they put fucking Marco in a toy car or on like a fucking you know thirty foot pole swinging across, nobody would buy that. That is so inauthentic no, to Italian I would, music. You're right, but I would at least appreciate they tried something different. But. But it, it works. But it would flop. It works every time. They don't it, do anything It works. Different. All they need to do is put him in a fucking suit, turn off all the fucking lights, have a spotlight on him, and they'll come top three. Like, if you know that that's the outcome, why it's would you It's the Vincent try? Bueno. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to come eighth. I have it 11th in my ranking. Whoa. Yeah, I, I think top 10, bottom half. I can't see this doing any better than 15th. Okay. 15th is pretty good. Yeah, and that's because I don't have faith. Yeah, but it's still pretty good this year. I'm the only person who likes this year. But anyway, I think he is going to do well with the jury and flop in the televote. And that is... You forget about all the grannies who are watching that thinking, oh, that's a delectable young Italian style. Young? Yeah. No, that man's like... (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. I still think he's Okay, rate it out of 10. Uh, uh, Strong 8. Yeah, yeah. Possibly light nine. Strong eight. Strong eight. Light eight point five. It's a two for me. Woof. <laughs> That's so. That's low. so bad. That's so low. I'm bored. I'm bored. So Give me a different one. Sad. I sleep. We needed. To, if you've got that as a two, what are the bad? Songs it's in my for bottom you? ten. It's in my bottom ten. That's so huge. Well, that's a controversial opinion to go out on. Yeah, you're so brave. Marines can never. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. you're welcome. I'm doing a service. <laughs> Before we sign off for the very first excellent, amazing episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. I want to do every episode. Okay. Just. Well, this is an on, on the fly idea, by the way. This, yeah. I've got no prep. I don't know yeah, what's I've about to no come idea. out of no, coming in. No, Lucky's mouth. It's not a challenge. Everything's sorted. I just want We should check in with each other every episode. Mm-hmm. What does your top three look like at the moment? Oh, actually, that's cool. Oh, because, okay. Know, these things change so much. Just the other day, my top three was flipped upside down. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Jade about I was struggling. My top th- anyone in my top three right now could be my number one. Absolutely. Uh, Same, actually. Currently, third for me is Austria with Who the Hell is Edgar? A song I knew in, in my waters before it came out. That it was going to be so valid. Okay. Um, second is the song I think with 
one of the best choruses of this millennia. Nay, century. Okay. Ooh. Outside of Eurovision as well. It's uh, Vesna with My Sister's Crown. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah great. Czechia did not come to play around. No. Mm-hmm. And currently first, it's Finland, of course. Cardia yeah. with Cha-Cha-Cha. Surf. Huge. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, an excellent. Thank you. Three. Thank you. The rest is a mess. All three of those yeah. songs were in my top ten. Yep. That's okay. If you just talk about your top three and ignore the rest, like it'll all come together. <laughs> Who's checking? Listen here, Marco Mangoni hater. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Go on, Jade. What's oh, yours? me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I too have Who the Hell is Edgar from Austria Third. Perfect. And my top two are so, so close. Like, I am struggling to this day to decide which one is first. But at the moment, Finland. Uh, Cha 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 Karia is my second, and I'm boring because my girl, my girl Lorene, is up the top uh, to be discussed probably at length with Aiden, the king hater <laughs> of Lorene in general. But irrationally t- so, irrash- may I add? Yes. Yes. Oh, you'll, oh, you'll all see. <laughs> you will be dealt with. Uh, so yes, uh, Sweden is currently on top. Yeah, she didn't come to play this year either. Well, I think I've got quite a similar top three. My third place, and I believe on our ranking sheet, I have this the lowest of anyone at third, <laughs> yeah. is uh, Karia. Yeah. Cha-cha-cha. Song fucks. Yeah. It's unbelievably good. Absolutely. We all have that in our top three. Um, yeah. By the way. Yep. Second, I have Lorene. Um, because in my soul, in my heart, and in my... Loins, I can't not be a flag shagger for Australia when Voyager is going. <laughs> when we, you know, those of you who are listening almost certainly were around for this. Last year, Oz Decides, Dreamer, Song of the Century, Song of the Life was just so un- so unjustly done. You know, all love in the world to Sheldon Riley, whatever. It's not his fault. They last year should have had Voyager going. The relief and overwhelming joy that I felt when Crystal Ball, my my G's, <laughs> dropped vo- the Voyager news, I unbelievable. So I've got Australia first, but all I think my whole top five I have sitting at a nine and a half ten. Yes, so, uh, I, I would agree. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a fluctuating one. I think. Yeah, I think the gulf between my top five and my bottom five is. There's Vast. a pretty, yes, it's a pretty <laughs> it's clear. A chasm. It's a chasm. The demarcation line is very thin. You could say that. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that's fair. I think my demarcation line is very clear as well, but I think it's at 19th place. Jeez. I think you I need goes, to talk about why you really like I, the season. Yeah, I we'll think there, mine is around 20. Yeah, the 20 line. Anything under 20. We're just positive. We're just positive people. Yeah. I don't know where this is going to go, but thank you for listening if you have made it this far. Uh, I want to thank my guests for this week, Aeon and Lockie. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing and uh, being so brave. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial and brave. Yeah, and we will see you next time. Yep. Thanks, folks. Thank you. The Eurotrash Talk podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by Jade Gray. The Eurotrash Talk theme song is composed by Lachlan Trappett and recorded and produced by Jade Gray.